You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. <laughs> there was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they brought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben. Oh, my gosh. What are you doing? <laughs> well, here we are again. I got this goofball to deal with. <laughs> We're back again. We're back again. Are you still putting up with us? What's the deal? Uh, by our numbers, apparently you are. So uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we don't expect it, uh, especially with all this nonsense we're spitting. Oh, Lord right. Walsh. Yeah, but we appreciate it. And here we are. We're back. They let us back. They, they let us back on air. But we're back in the Justice Studio. Yeah. Um, got, got some dirty looks from the, the wife, and I told her this would be the last time. It really won't be. We'll be back here a bunch. Yeah. Things, things are good. Your kid was like, I see dead people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see baseball. That's what I see. <laughs> if you build it. They will come. They might build it from the sounds of it. They might. Well, anyways, I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. And I'm Brian. And you're You're listening listening to the Diamonds and Roses podcast. (laughs) We got a special episode today, Dave. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, It kind of adds that whole diversity of of people that are involved in the sport in so many different ways and this spider web of baseball connections. Tell us a little something. Well, let me tell you this. I always say it's special because I feel like any day we're talking baseball with great people, it's special to me. Um, but what makes this a little bit more special is is that this relates to the COPA, it relates to diversity, and it relates to creation of something to represent something other than yourself, and that's a much bigger you know, broader issue it's, than just ourselves. It's kind of something we started exploring uh, when we had a few guests on talking about accessibility, equity, uh, diversity, and kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, taking down some walls and borders, so to speak, yeah. with regard to expansion of the game, access to the game, mm-hmm. understanding of the game, and appreciation of the game. And yeah. that was kind of a vibe that uh, we were getting from some of some of those uh, some of the, the baseball club people mm-hmm. in terms of what their drive, what their motivation, what their passion was. Yeah. Um, and kind of under the umbrella of diversity, which uh, again, uh, expansion, uh, expansion of the positive, so to speak. So. Exactly, and and kind of keeping it, you know, human related, you know, people centric. So, um, without further ado, our guest this week and next week will be Mr. Brian Gundell, and Brian is actually the creator of the brand new uh, Pillsbury Hops Copa hat. So, without further ado, Brian, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you being here. Um, just 
taking time out of your schedule uh, to talk with us to come on and and let's talk about this COVID hat. But first, uh, talk to us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm a. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's always really fun to to get a chance to tell my story and you know a little bit about what I do and and uh, grow some knowledge about the graphic design industry, which is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I've been a professional graphic designer for just shy of 13 years now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Dave has been, too. He draws stick figures. Yeah, not poorly at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're very slim. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I would say that I draw stick figures very poorly still, too. <laughs> I just happen to be able to do it with a computer, which makes it look a million times better. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I've been doing that for a good chunk of time. and 13 years. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. What got you into it? Um, really what got me into it was just a love of sports. Honestly, um, when I was a little kid, um, I was always fascinated by sports logos and sports mm-hmm. uniforms. So I used to draw my favorite teams, logos and, and uniforms and sketchbook after sketchbook after sketchbook. And okay. it was always just something I did for fun. Um, I didn't really take art or do art, uh, growing up as a kid or in high school or college or anything until I got to college. And uh, at that point, I was in my dorm room messing around with a fantasy football logo I was designing, hmm. and um, the light bulb clicked that people do this for a living and get paid to do it. And That's cool. Maybe I could do it. So yeah. that's kind of how I, I got into it, by sheer dumb luck. What was your team that you uh, just came to you and you're like, hey, I want to do this, and this is, this is something that's sticking out to me that I want to work on? Oh, um, at the time, I was working on uh, uh, the Nebraska Bombers was the the team I had made up in my oh, yeah. head. Um, huh. But, I mean, it was one of many that I had done years and years and years of Maybe making up teams. Imagine like a, a piece of corn as a hand grenade kind of hybridized like a cyborg, like crazy <laughs> thing, something like that. Carried on a I'm imagining little, this, right? Yeah. I, I was Carried corn on a husker hand grenade, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that that would have been much better than what I actually designed. Oh, it I was don't know. absolutely terrible. I can think it. I just can't. I can't draw it. So <laughs> he had yeah. an old F fourteen with a right. little cold pieces of corn on the corn, side. Corn guns. <laughs> All right. Now we're nerding out, dude. This is getting crazy. Right. We're sorry if we just it'll, you know, it'll happen. Those, times. Uh, like I said, those are better ideas than I had when I was designing it. I just like drew a B seventeen. I was like, that's cool. And I am looking back at it now. All these years later, it's just absolutely awful and i cringe when i look at it but you know i have yet to meet a designer who doesn't say that about their old work when they were younger so we gotta look at this way we all gotta start somewhere yeah Yeah. oh yeah absolutely so yeah um yeah it's definitely the foundation of something excellent so uh let's talk a little bit about your 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 early years i mean you you know you said you like sports clearly Mm -hmm. so did you play any baseball because this is a baseball podcast so let's talk a little bit about baseball did you play any when you were younger yeah i did um i did little league um and i was pretty good at it and i got to uh high school baseball tryouts and the where where are you from by the way yeah i grew up in the san francisco bay area okay don't hold that against me no um i've been in portland i was born in san jose so Ah, okay so uh but i've been up in portland since a one okay um which is actually longer than i was down there so i'm a through and through oregonian gotcha um but uh what was the question uh so you know as far as baseball would you yeah yeah, baseball baseball um i it was the week of high school baseball tryouts Mm -hmm. uh, my freshman year of high school and i was playing roller hockey in my backyard mm-hmm. and I completely wrecked my elbow. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So I, I 
tripped and landed straight on it, fractured the elbow, tore the tissue that holds the nerve in place there. So uh, that that uh, was wasn't uh, that was the end of my baseball days. So. Oh man! Oh, man. So Sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. So what position did you play? I was a catcher. You catch? Oh, yeah, there's too. a premium for catchers. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you like it? Were you the you the kid Loved that just it. you're the and, and that's rare. Yeah. Just from having yeah, played and then having coached my kid to have kids that just want to be behind the plate. The oh whole yeah. Game. I I wanted to be involved in every play. Yeah. I liked being in the last line of defense. I, I took up playing hockey as well. Oh, uh, oh and I makes played, sense. I play goalie as in hockey. Makes so sense. It's, you know, I just I like the idea of having all the pads on yeah. there, all the gear. I feel like a, a you know, kind of a medieval knight. Sure. Yeah. No, I felt the same exact way when I was like catcher, but my knees didn't like it. But you know, when I you know as catcher, I remember the Mighty Ducks like Goldberg the oh, goalie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my big issue is uh, I cracked my thumb twice on my catching hand. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I, I played so damn much. I I just wore my glove out and I caught a pitch right a couple of times. Ooh, wow! Cracked the thumb right down the the middle of it. Yeah, it was fun. Oh so gosh. What part of the what part of the Bay Area was it? Uh, uh, I was um, in the peninsula. It's by Stanford Redwood City. Yeah, uh, if you're Qual- quality baseball area, like pretty some pretty high level baseball. I mean, in just. Uh, I I mean I lived in uh, not too far away from where Barry Bonds lived. So. Oh yeah, so by proxy <laughs> and it's Willie prob- Mays probably uh, as, probably yeah. just gonna be some good baseball in that area. I would imagine know? so. Yeah. I mean, you know, the high school sports in in that part of the area are pretty good. So yeah. it, was, it was a competitive team and mm-hmm. yeah. It, looked like I was going to make it until I messed up yeah. my arm. Oh, man. But what but, did it, but you are making it. Just in, this, yeah. in, this in, a, in a different way, yeah. It's cool. That's yeah. cool. So was catcher you always your first choice of what you wanted to do? or Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved being a catcher. I played catcher and second base. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like That's being, an odd combination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just like kind of being in the thick of it. And I didn't have... I mean, I was a catcher, but I didn't have a strong enough arm for short or third. Mm-hmm. Um which is weird, but I could throw people out from home to second. Oh, yeah. Had a, it's an angle thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah. but at least when you were at second, you knew where you needed to line up. Yeah. 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 Um, but I always, I always like playing catcher better. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it was kind of one of those things where if they they needed to rotate me mm-hmm. or or something or like when I cracked my thumb, they put me out there. And so, so in doing that, did that did that keep you from playing other sports then? That whole thing, or was that just kind of? Did that change your kind of identity and your focus then a little bit? What was the impact of that in terms um, of you, you can think back all those years back in terms of, well, I, I just going to try some other things or this and that. What was that? How, how did that impact you? Well, I was always really involved with music as well. Oh, like, very cool. Okay. Um, so it was one of those things when I wrecked my arm, I just kind of threw myself into the music more so gotcha. than I had been. I kind of been all over the place between sports and, and okay. music. So, so a renaissance kid. Gotcha. Your words, yeah. my, my word. Uh, my parents would probably call it a pain in the ass, kid. Right? What'd you play? Um, I, I sang. Actually. You sang. Okay, so you, oh, you wow. were heavily involved in singing. Okay, fantastic. So growing up, uh, who was your favorite player, or did you not? Have Matt one? Williams. Oh yeah, third without, base without question, Matt Jets. Williams. Yeah, yeah. hard ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? What was what. about Matt Williams that you really liked? I don't know. I. I I mean, I grew up a pretty diehard San Francisco Giants fan, mm-hmm. and um, that team had Willie Clark and and Barry Bonds, Kevin Mitchell, Ken. and yeah. um, uh, uh, Royce Clayton. I remember and, and um, Robbie Thompson at first, 
Um, or was he the catcher? Was it was it Kent that Barry Bonds used to kind of oh yeah heads with? Yeah, Jeff Kent. Jeff, Jeff Kent, Kent came Kent, a, yeah. a, a, little a little later. later. Okay, I was thinking um, what generation that. Yeah, was. and and then you know that generation it was Rich Aurelia and, and J T Snow and mm-hmm. and okay. all those guys, which mm-hmm. are also part of my favorite Giants teams, but. Um, Matty Williams, I just liked his attitude. I liked his swing. Like he was always super reliable, both mm-hmm. on the field and and uh, at bat. I just, I don't know. I I don't couldn't tell you what it was about him. I just I just liked him. Yeah. Cool. Did you ever imagine yourself as him when you're playing little league or anything? No, I always I was always myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had the little kid, the rookie of the year fantasy, where it's like, oh yeah, who's that kid up there? Bring him down on the field. Oh yeah, <laughs> that thing. That yeah. was throwing like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, hitting the game wouldn't hit. And, yeah, you know, that yeah. that sort of thing. So, you know, so cool. So then, so high school's rolling around. You're just doodling. You're you're just. That's it. You're just kind of doodling around. Yeah. Not really focused. Not not thinking of this beyond. You, you like school. Uh, you kind of enjoy the academic atmosphere and the social part of school. I'm, I'm assuming type deal. And and you're just doodling. And and then what? Like. Well, I got into college okay. um, when I I got kind of burned out on the music thing. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So I I didn't know what I wanted to do because I had been applying to music schools, oh, okay. college of music, okay. and and. Um, a uh, bunch of other places, UC Colorado. So up to that point, you were, pretty, you were pretty serious about singing. I was real serious, serious about music. It. Yeah, I I kind of figured that career wise, I wanted to be a music teacher because um, okay. I was I like teaching um, gotcha. and, and helping people learn. That's something I just enjoy. Um, so I was like, all right, you know, I got the music thing and and I like helping people. So that be that be a good career, and I know you know I can actually have a, earn a living doing that. Yeah. So I was kind of looking at that, and then. As I got to like my junior year of high school, I was like, I've been doing this for hmm. too long. I'm burned out. I'm tired of it. I don't know what the hell else to do with myself. So I ended up applying to the University of Oregon because it's a Pac-12 school. They got good sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big enough university that it's got name recognition. Sure. They've got decent programs. So once I figure out what I want to do, Whatever program I go into will be decent enough that I'll be able to, to start a career afterwards, even if it's not the best program in the country for it. Mm-hmm. So that was my logic um, okay. in, in going to, to U of O. Um, so I was undeclared most of my, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, took some history classes, took some earth sciences courses, and a bunch of different stuff, language and and but at that point you're you're doodling around as a hobby. You're just oh yeah, you're just mm-hmm. you're, pure pure hobby. Pure, this is just yeah. Yeah, it gotcha. was nothing that I had done for anything other than just for fun for myself. Cool. So, yeah, tell me about, so U of O, you, you, what what do you enjoy about it? Leaving. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you were burned out, huh? Uh, well, leaving no. home or leaving college? Leaving college, getting oh, okay. my degree and getting, it's it's really interesting. Um, I, I've since taken a more revisionist stance to my time <laughs> there it is. in college. There um, it is. But the University of Oregon does not have a traditional graphic design program, okay. believe it or not. Okay. So when I, I went there and I figured out I wanted to do graphic design, okay. I went into their program, which was called Multimedia Design, and they changed when I got in to digital art, which is what it's called now, mm-hmm. as part of the College of the Design, which is was at the time Architecture and Allied Arts. So the program that they were focusing on, what they really wanted to do was churn out gallery artists, fine artists oh, who use okay. the computer as their media rather than, say, mm. 
you know, pencils or paint or things like that. Why? Why is that the case? Because, I mean, if, you know. If I the, could tell you that, I would. I have. N- it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't at the time. It doesn't make sense to me now. I think huh. it's kind of a mistake by the school. Um, and I've actually had a conversation with, with the dean of the college about it. You guys really should have behind a, the times a little a bit. real tried and true graphic design program. Mm-hmm. I think more than anything, they just want to churn out people who make a social impact through art, which is all fine and dandy. Well, that's the cultural reputation of you. It oh, is, a bit. Yeah, yeah, very much aligns with there, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I have nothing against that philosophy, but I think there's a practical aspect of that that's suspicious missing. of commercialization. Yeah, maybe maybe a little I, bit. I sure. think so. Yeah, uh, but again, it's it's a practical thing. Like people who go into digital art as a major at U of O are looking to be graphic designers. That's what mm-hmm. they're trying to do. It's the closest thing to it. Mm-hmm. The J School has. Uh, part of their advertising program and emphasis in graphic design, but that's not really true graphic design training. Neither is digital art. So the student body is suffering a little bit and they have this mm. amazing connection, obviously with Nike and, and um, to a certain extent with Adidas here in Portland and all of their designers that are coming locally are coming from PSU and from OSU mm-hmm. and they're missing out a big segment. Now, They've tried to rectify that with their product design program, which didn't exist when I was in school. Hmm. But that's focused on product. Are they um, receptive to what your, your your message? I think so, but I haven't gotten any traction with it, and also okay. I haven't really followed up too much gotcha. with mm-hmm. it. But you know, who knows? And so, excuse my ignorance on this, but at what point did it really make that major transition from paper to the electronic age, where they were doing more on a computer, trying to design things? That didn't happen um, too far before I got started in graphic design. Um, it was it was the late '90s mm-hmm. uh, when it really started to transition, okay. mid to late '90s when it moved, and and even in then the late '90s, early 2000s, there were still designers who were you know cutting letters by hand and putting it all together, old school style, and mm-hmm. um, the the true digital revolution didn't really happen until you know, the mid to late 2000s. Hmm. Okay. So they were at this point, it was, it was making that transition. So that's why, cause I was just thinking like, why is it that they're really heavily pushing this? Is it because of that transition? And did that transition occur at the time that you were, you were there? So uh, I don't think that's, that was it. Honestly, I think it was just more of a philosophy of not wanting it to be, you know, a commercially driven attitude and mindset. It's really mm-hmm. more, much more the, the touchy feely liberal, you know, we want people to make an impact on the world and social and activism through art. Much yeah. more so that mm-hmm. than than really anything about you know what the technology was doing. Because I mean, I was working 100 percent digitally when I was in school there, so it's I mean the tools were there. Mm-hmm. It was I think much more the mindset and, and philosophy. Do you yeah, think that hurt probably. you from a standpoint like where you're not necessarily like even though you doodled when you were younger and up to maybe getting into UVO, but at that point when you went transition i think maybe mostly to to computer did did you lose anything on the front of your your just hand drawing or whatever well i mean i like i said i didn't really do art i mean most of what i did was in the computer already um and and honestly i was really jaded about my education at the university of oregon for a long time because i i was of the mindset that you go to college to learn how to do your career and then you get to your career and and you've learned what you needed to learn in college. Sure. And I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since come to kind of realize that that was 
honestly probably one of the best things that ever could have happened to me because it forced me to learn about the business and you know the technical aspects of graphic design on my own mm-hmm. uh, and that really instilled in me a, a really strong work ethic and a drive and a passion for for the field and for the work okay well brian let's just flip this back let's go with your 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 sports aspect of this all sure. so it, all along through this this time frame like you know were you still kind of like doing this doodle like doing anything with sports wise with your graphic design yeah i was um up for a long time i was an active member of the the sportslogos.net uh community forums huh. online and mm-hmm. that's um if you guys are familiar with sportslogos.net it's no, not at all. it's uh basically the go-to logo encyclopedia for sports online mm-hmm. sportslogos.net is the uh, url so you you can go there is. and look at look at trends and patterns and how how uh, the evolution of certain of certain names yeah yeah that. it's it's basically a, a full archive of of sports gotcha. logos you know going as far back as you can and very it is cool the source so huh. they had a community forum on there and that's you know where i would post a lot of my concept work and get feedback and when did um, you start posting those things when do you when do you really kind of jump into that about 2004 is okay. when i i that's when i joined the community so okay. um that was really instrumental in my development as a designer uh there was a really good core group of people who were professional designers oh, who yeah. were all giving feedback and and input and you know um, that ended up transitioning into like an offline chat group where mm-hmm. we'd all talk about design and, okay. mm-hmm. and, you know, just life stuff and things like that. So that really helped me grow and learn as a designer. Yeah, you're adding things to your yeah. 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 So sure. I, I always sure. stayed really active on there up until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really super active on there posting work and concepts and, and doing stuff. So, yeah, that was definitely mm-hmm. a lot of what I was doing. Run us through one concept and, and what made that special to you. On the, the forums? Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, Sorry for putting you on spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, it has been so long. I I don't know that I can I can think of one from that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's tough. Ah, sorry, man. I just um, put you on spot. What, what, what logos piqued your interest? Yeah. Know, that you can think of, or any anything that kind of early on. It doesn't have to be from then, but like that you really found fascinating. Uh, the Minnesota wild logo. Okay. Um, the, so that came out in, um, I want to say 98. Okay. Is when that logo came out. If it wasn't 98, it was 2000. I remember that being pretty unique. Yeah. yeah structurally uh, to me, that's, that's always been one of my, my favorite sports logos of all time. And mm-hmm. a lot the of name people, alone, Minnesota wild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Designers are always like, Oh, the Hartford whalers, which classic logo very clever, very well designed and executed. But like to me, the fact that you can get an entire forest scene inside a bear's head, even though it's not an officially a bear, um, I just I just fell in love with that. That to me was super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I really really liked and used to draw a lot was the old Phoenix Coyotes Kachina logo. Oh yeah. Um, yep. So that one was always one I drew a lot of. And then my dad went to UC Berkeley, so I used to oh, draw okay. this. The cow scraped over and yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> now, where's there uh, a logo that you just thought about as far as that's out there? And you're like, if I could redesign it anyway, you know, what would it, which one was that? And what were you kind of thinking? Well, to, I mean, to answer your previous question about concepts that uh, one that did pop into my head was uh, the University of Wyoming. Um, their, oh, their the cowboy and rider town, logo, yeah, yeah. Um, which I actually did take a stab at uh, redesigning, really, and, and updating. Yeah, um, I think you know 
it's it's such an iconic logo, but yeah. there's so many flaws in the artwork. Yeah. Like there's so many janky lines and things because it was done in like the 20s, sure, uh, sure, and by hand, and it's only been digitized since then. So um, I wanted to kind of refine it, make it a little bit more powerful. Work. It's like a silhouette, right? Yeah, it's essentially. Yeah, okay. exactly. So I, I wanted to kind of you know make the horse a little bit more powerful, the rider a little bit stronger and more mm-hmm. defined and. Stuff and like you're going to get blowback from a, from such an iconic uh, age old figure like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I actually went so far as to to get in touch. I, I had a student who was a, another member of the, the forums mm-hmm. at, at sportslogos.net. He said, hey, I'm, I'm a student intern at the athletics department. You know, uh, I think your concept's awesome. Let, you know, do you want to send it over to him? I have a contact for you. So I did. And. Um, the AD that I sent it to thought it was great and sent it to their licensing department. They were like, we're not touching this. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So they, they had ransom focus groups or something or yeah. no, they just flat out <laughs> community like, survey or something. No, just didn't like, even get that far. It was really? just, we're not. Mm-hmm. No. God, I, yeah. I wonder why that's insane. Yeah. You should just change it from a horse to a bull. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Buffalo would be more appropriate. Yeah. 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 That would be great. Pronghorn. No. Yeah. Chasing a pronghorn. Who knows? Anyway, we're, now we're getting back <laughs> in that weird, that weird zone. We yeah, get, yeah. You're, you're being really weird. Corn dude. bombers. Or, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we get back there. Well, that's cool. So you, you were working on this, this .NET website, you know, helping to design some different logos, you know, talk to us a little bit about some of the people you, you, you met electronically on there and kind of like, what did you learn from them? Oh man, there's, there's too many people to name and I, I don't want to name any for fear of leaving them out, but, uh, they, they are now some of the preeminent designers in sports and, uh, cool. more than anything, I would just say. They would. I mean, it's it's a forum, so you could post your stuff on there, and then there, it was open for people to comment on. So, um, oftentimes, these people would comment on on the stuff that I was posting. Or is there is there an etiquette of well, this is my intellectual property, and there's kind of an an overarching understanding of we'll respect each other's intellectual property and this kind of openness. And what was the vibe like with that? Back about that. then. Okay. Back then it was very much an encouraging positive. I right. mean, not, so rare not, for the hyper, not hyper competitive. Oh yeah. It wasn't okay. competitive. It wasn't, that's you know, what I was getting at. Wasn't yeah. trashing people. I mean, and the way I approached it always was, I'm looking to learn. I'm looking for feedback. Sure. Please don't hold back. Like if my thing's a steaming pile of garbage, tell me. Gotcha. Because um, I want to know. Because I want to. I want it to not be a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. So I, I think you know because of that, I got a lot more positive responses to what mm-hmm. I did, and I also sought out people in the industry and, and asked for their honest, brutal feedback on what I was doing, and um, you know, just looking for the those honest conversations mm-hmm. to be able to say you know what do i need to do to make it in this business yeah. so did you feel like the etiquette it was more of like a positive kind of reinforcement and, and let me let me explain that rather than telling you like you're terrible this looks like flipping crap or whatever but rather just like hey here's some things that you could work on to to improve specific so, positive yeah oh yeah yeah it was definitely like that because if it if it had been the, the former of those like i there's no way i'd have kept at it like if it was just a yo you suck this sucks you know there's no way anybody mm-hmm. would have stuck around through mm-hmm. that it was definitely far more of like hey like this is a really good idea there's some funky things happening here, here, and here, and here's why, and these are things you could, should consider when you're working on things like mm-hmm. that. And, and so it's very collaborative. Very, very, very collaborative, very yeah. uh, encouraging. Cool. So, you know, I've tried to 
kind of pass that spirit along. I, I've gotten to the point now where I get people asking me for that feedback back and feedback and input. And uh, so I try to be honest without being mean. So you graduate from UVO. Where does that take you from there? Um, so I ended up with my ex-wife moving to Montana um, and got a job working at a little teeny tiny ad agency. There were five of us total. What part of Montana? Missoula. Okay. Um, so I worked there for a year. Um, it was really great because I was the only graphic designer of the entire agency. So I got to be That's really cool. hands-on and um, independent. And, independent. Yeah. Um, got to be really good friends with the owner of the company. Um and he kind of took me under his wing. So I got to be in client pitches and, and feedback sessions and, and really made part of the, the process in a really real way that a lot of kids straight out of college just don't get. Right. Going to a large firm. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure right. Absolutely. Yeah. But scratch and claw. And yeah. You know, the downside of that was I was the only graphic designer. So there was nobody really there to kind of tell me. <laughs> that my work was terrible or to co- collaborate <laughs> with, you know, it's yeah, to collaborate yeah, and bounce exactly. ideas off. Sure. So, um, I worked there for uh, about a year, um, and ended up taking a job with old hat creative down in Norman, Oklahoma, which is a sports design agency. So mm-hmm. they, they do, they're kind of like a traditional advertising agency. Um, but they, they specialize in sports. So that's kind of how I got really involved in sports design in, in a real actual way that's cool mm-hmm. um so i was there for uh just short of two years got homesick came back to oregon um freelance for a little bit and in um march of 2012 I ended up getting hired as a contractor at nike um so i worked at nike and nike football and basketball for a year talk a little bit about that I can't. <laughs> well, I want to hear first about the freelancing a little yeah. bit. What, what, talk about that process. So Portland is a really cool uh, setup for freelancing as mm-hmm. a designer. Um, because it's such a creative industry or, or here, there's a lot of work to go around. And there's a lot of these kind of one and two, three people shops okay. in town. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they'll get contracts through Nike or Adidas or, or Columbia or whatever. And they need it's more work than they can handle the two or three people. So they bring in freelance. So it's an opportunity city for it's, for it's great for That's freelancing. Cool. It's really tough for full time gigs. OK, <laughs> right. So I came back. I was looking for work and ended up getting, you know, um, there are actual creative staffing agencies here in town mm-hmm. that, you know, they're like staffing agencies, but they specialize in the creative industry. Mm-hmm. So I got um, a couple of gigs through one of those. And one of those ended up being my, my gig at Nike. Mm-hmm. So um, cool. I did that for a year and got tired of uh, freelancing and being a contractor because money's great. But you have no benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that you get to a certain age. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was dating my current wife at the time. And um, so I was like, eh, insurance would be nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so can you, were you able to use some of that stuff that you made through the, the, these agencies as part of, to put part towards her portfolio to show people like, oh, this sure. is my repertoire. This yeah, is what I've done. Absolutely. Yeah. It's standard practice. Okay. So. Um, yeah, they at least allowed you to do that. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. It's him writing um, the Nike logo. <laughs> yeah, Ni- That's Nike, all me. Nike didn't let me do that. <laughs> I, I they did for a little while, and I got a, a very uh, stern mm-hmm. phone call from Nike security saying, "Please take your work down immediately." And I was like, "Oh, wow, they're watching every." Oh yeah, yeah, um, a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I can't show my Nike work, but that's okay. It's out there. 
It happened. Is it a briefcase in your car? (laughs) (laughs) It's there. (laughs) So then at what point did you um, decide to go into your, your, your doing stuff on your own? Uh, it wasn't a decision so much as just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I've kind of lucked my way into a lot in this world. Um, I took a gig after Nike working for the Arizona Diamondbacks um, as part of their creative team. After that, uh, I got a job working for Chris Peterson's staff at the University of Washington. Very cool. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a great gig. Coach Pete's amazing. Um, That's cool. So that was a really cool thing to do. Um, my wife got pregnant and we started looking at buying a house in Seattle and then we started looking at the cost of oh, child care in Seattle. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was going to cost yeah. more than our rent. Oh, Boom. Yeah. My mom doesn't work by chance. She said, come back down to Portland. I'll watch your kid. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's, I'm sold. That's sold. I haven't paid child care. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. huge. Oh, that's yeah. huge. So uh, my wife's company at the time happened to have an office down here. So she transferred and I was like, all right, well, I'll just look for a job. You know, see what I can get, and I'll freelance in the meantime while I do that. Um, so I was freelancing. Freelancing was going really, really well. Freelancing kept going really well. I was applying for jobs that I didn't really want, um, and I said, <laughs> "Screw it, <laughs> I'm just going to keep going." And that's that's how I started my company. That's Excellent. Cool. Well, we're going to leave it right there. Good because spot. It's a great spot to make a transition for next week. Yep. And so that way we can talk about that, you know, building up your business and then building up more of a portfolio on your own in this new business and then work on some great stuff with the Copa hat and then move on forward. So thanks for the good. insights. Uh, thanks, guys. Cool. thanks yep. for talking to us a little bit about your background. Yep. We appreciate it. What you're able to share. Yeah. My <laughs> pleasure. I got the stern. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was like the wife look I get from my wife. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. And I'm Brian. And uh, thanks for listening. You have a great day. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>